Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm April Fallon. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm your host, April Fallon. My husband, Noah, joins us today. Hey, Noah. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. Are you excited about the show? Two days in a row. We say that all the time. We do. We're so excited. We should think of something else. We're so pumped. Yeah. We need to bring some new words in. (laughs) But we are. We're always excited. But today is just a really special day. Even our son, as we were going to the recording studio, he goes, what? No, you are not going to be able to do that. It's like, oh, you just wait, buddy. (laughs) If you are new to Adoption Now, we are the adoptive parents of four wonderful children. We started Adoption Now six years ago, and we are now in season six. And we share stories from the perspective of the adoptive or foster parents, the adoptee and birth parents. We believe in hearing the whole story, the full story to really understand We are starting a new group called Adoption Now Warriors, and we would love for you to join us on Facebook. We're going to do a prayer night on Facebook. We recognize that we cannot do adoption alone. We can't, well, you can't really go through it alone. You can't do adoption now alone. I mean, we're recognizing that we really need a team of people to be praying and a village to help the show continue to thrive. So if you'd like to be a part of that group, you can go to Adoption Now on Facebook and join the group. Again, it's every Wednesday night. Noah and I will be there and we'll just pray for the needs of the group and for the show. All right, Noah, our guests today (laughs) are from Australia and Australia is amazing in itself. Like we just can't believe we're an international podcast. It's very exciting. But this couple is very, very special to us because I interviewed them two years ago, almost to the day, Noah. And I remember sitting there thinking, I can't wait to bring this couple on the show. And then we had to wait so long and they had to wait so long. And it was so challenging. (laughs) I had no idea that we were going to wait to start recording. But I do believe that God has perfect timing. And we have to trust that right now, this is when the story is supposed to come out. That's right. Ashley is a general practitioner and medical educator. Casey is a pharmacist and she works for a nonprofit in adoption. Casey and Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you, April and Noah for having us and um, well and truly worth the wait. Pleasure to be here. Good. Well, we haven't done the interview yet, so (laughs) don't say it was worth the wait yet. Could go downhill, right? (laughs) Not with you guys. I love your your podcast and I love every one of them. Oh, I love that. You have been so amazing. I just have to talk about Casey a little bit. She came into my life in a time that you probably don't even know this, but I needed you so much. I might cry (laughs) because you inspired me through the whole time of everything we went through. And being silent is not easy for me. And going through what we went through, I just had to trust that God was going to work it out. And so we decided just to remain quiet. And Casey continually emailed me. She continually asked me, when are you going to do the show? I believe in adoption now. I miss adoption now. How is your family doing? How are you doing in Christmas? I mean, I got a message from her probably every couple months, if not more. She sent a big package mm-hmm. from Australia to our children and it made the world of difference for them because we moved to Arizona and didn't have any friends. We didn't know anyone. We weren't doing the podcast. It was a pandemic. 
And all of a sudden, this package comes. The timing of it was impeccable. I couldn't believe it. And, and I didn't even know what was really going on. You had mentioned, you know, there's this family. And so when we got the package, I got it. I'm like, what? What, what are we doing? We have a package from Australia. What is this? And the kids <laughs> were ecstatic. I mean, you would have thought that they like found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yes. We were like, guys, people love you. And they sent this from Australia. And it was like a kangaroo. And what was that other animal? It was like a... Uh, echidna. Yes. <laughs> and, um, all these yeah, <laughs> Australian things, Australian candy, <laughs> And letters from your children to my children. That was so, so wonderful. Oh, that's so lovely to hear because um, I guess, I should just smile here, but I guess um, yeah, once once you've made your way into my heart, that's it. You're, you're there forever. And um, yeah, I, I like to make sure that the people that I care about know that they're, they're well and truly loved and cared about and thought about lots. Well, I definitely felt loved and I felt like this woman is not giving up on us or the show. And I have to do this, even if it's just to do Casey and Ashley's interview, I have to <laughs> do this again. And you really helped us launch this season. And even though we had to wait a little bit and it's kind of in the middle of the season, again, I believe in God's perfect timing. And here's our moment. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So after a 10 year journey of failed IVF treatments, nine miscarriages, two eptopic pregnancies, and an unsuccessful attempt in surrogacy, you guys decided to start your journey in adoption. Let's talk about what you went through before. Do you want to start this? I was going to say, it shows persistence and tenacity, which is the theme of the, um, the, the music. Uh, yeah, I think it was a matter of finding whatever way was going to work for us to have our family and it eventually turned out. It did. And it was worth every part of it. Like, I mean, I truly believe that everything led up to the point where these, once we met our two gorgeous children, that was the point where this is what we were put on this earth for. It was, um, yeah, a lot of changes of paths and, and things along the way, but we, um, yeah, definitely better for the journey. Yes. Nine miscarriages. That is a lot of grief. It is. Um, and I guess, too, because we were very young um, when we started our journey, like we were young when we got married and, um, and started trying to have a family quite early on, um, I guess, you know, there was no reason for us to believe that, um, that we wouldn't be able to have children naturally. So I guess um, that was against us a bit in the sense that... Uh, I think the fertility specialists were quite optimistic about our chances and every with every miscarriage you start to have doubts and question how much do you keep going on. Uh, in the end, it did reach a point where we decided uh, enough was enough. Uh, uh, the goal for us was always around having our having our family and there's lots of different ways to achieve doing that. So we started looking at other options. And I guess that the the final um, miscarriage was really like no other, wasn't it, Ash? It's, um, I got quite unwell with it. I um, ended up in in hospital with fluid on the lungs. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess we 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 got to the point where we like knew that we wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to carry uh, a pregnancy. So. so hard on your body. So hard on your emotions to go through that. Were you both on the same page to start adoption? To, to start adoption, yes. Uh, I think it. We were probably on slightly different pages with ending our 
uh, IVF fertility type journey initially, I think uh, I was ready to call it quits on that slightly before you, I think. Um, it took a little, a little bit longer to get your head around things, but we were both on the same page in terms of being very keen to explore adoption and very confident that that would be the the right fit for us. And I guess sort of the other thing too, April and Nora, is that, um, you know, both Ash and I are you know, high achieving, um, you know, everything is so set, like perfectionist set um, goals. And, and this was sort of the first thing that I felt, um, particularly as, as the, the female, that I was failing at. I felt that I was letting my husband down I was letting my family down I felt yeah that it was really I guess it was the first thing that I couldn't solve and I was um yeah it, it probably did take its toll really emotionally because um I, I wasn't um I, I I sort of kept you know everything else in my life I was taught that if you work hard you achieve what you um you, you get sort of reap those benefits but this just wasn't something I had control over and it wasn't working yeah I've heard that a lot where people say, I, I just, this is the one thing I didn't have any control over. And usually I can achieve, I can do it, I can make it happen. And in this case, it's like complete loss of control, of achievement, of what you feel you should naturally be able to do. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, it, 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 I've learned a lot along the journey about control. And, um, you know, you really, yeah, you, you don't have any control over this whatsoever. That, that, those feelings still exist a little bit even now, though, despite where we've ended up uh, and despite the fact there's no truth in uh, that feeling of letting anyone else down, there's still a little part of you that has those feelings. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that never goes away. No. Even no, though you're parents and you have children, you still have that in the back of your mind. Like, why, why did that work out like that? What else could I have done? Sometimes I feel sad because we don't have a child that looks like Noah and he's so darling. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sad that we didn't have a little Noah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about, you know, how it's it kind of stays in there and it will creep up sometimes and you have to say, okay, you know what? And for Noah and I, I mean, our journey has been totally different, but there are times where I'm wondering oh, what are we missing out on? And then I have to say, we're missing out on nothing. This is exactly the way it's supposed to be. That's exactly right. These, yeah, I couldn't love them anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we didn't fail anybody. You didn't fail anyone. You did the best that you could and it didn't work out. That wasn't your path. And even if family has a hard time with that, you guys display so much joy. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your process in adoption. And I'm excited to hear this because it's so different than America. That's right. So I guess, um, well, you, you go, Ash, I'm, I'm buddying here, but um, yeah, you go in terms of the different process. Uh, so it started with uh, an information session and then once you attend that information session, you express interest and attend some training days. Uh, and then there's a, a formal process where you write write up a life story and you have a series of interviews really exploring how we function as a couple, how we in, would intend to parent and some of our motivations for going down the adoption pathway. 
So let me just say that this was the one day that when we're having the one-on-one interviews, our dog, um, we, we lost our dog for that day. And so I was thinking they would never let us have a baby. If, um, the the <laughs> dog escaped and got, got down oh, the street. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you, you know, just what you need when you're trying to convince someone, yes, I'll be a responsible parent. <laughs> and I know exactly what I'm doing. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was very embarrassing. But I, I guess often that can take some time to to go through that process. But we did that at breakneck speed. Like once we decided this was the path for us, we travelled the state to uh, get all the paperwork and um, I guess the information sessions completed. Um, we were keen to crack on, weren't we? We were. So I guess the other thing that's quite different um, in Australia compared to America is that um, if we're matched with a birth mother. Um, we don't actually, uh, I guess we, we wouldn't go to ultrasounds and um, sort of in, in pre, prenatal, um, it's not until um, post-birth that you're, you're actually matched. Really? Mm. No one yeah. does that? No, no. Is that a law or is that just kind of the, the ethics of adoption there? Uh, I'm not aware that it's a law, whether it's a, a more practical consideration my, my um, I guess, understanding of it is that it allows the birth mother to have that time um, to, to, I guess, process emotionally and less, I guess, chance of, of, of breakdown of the, um, of the placement. I have mixed feelings about that because I do think that having that relationship can really bring support to her. And so I think that's why a lot of Americans like that they get to meet before but one of the things that we're having a huge problem in America now is scams. Are people mm. pretending that they're pregnant, collecting money, and they're not really pregnant or they have no intention mm. of placing. And so you go on this journey for months with a woman mm. and then you're heartbroken. And so in this case, that would kind of eliminate that. That's right. But um, yeah, I, I, I could only imagine the, the roller coaster of, of going through and, you know, and, and then for, um, I guess, to be scammed and things would be absolutely horrible. It is horrible. And I know that you've heard some of those stories. We want to know, is it as expensive? Well, it actually doesn't cost anything. What? I mean, what do you mean it doesn't cost, <laughs> cost anything? So is it, is, it, is it a government funded program or is it still like a private entity? Well, I guess um, we, I think we were very similar to the, the UK in their um, in terms of their system that it, it sort of goes through the DHS um, and, and different foster care agencies. Yeah, so so it's a government department and government related agencies. Uh, there, there's a degree of funding support for children with special needs. Otherwise, we didn't pay anything. Obviously, we gave up our time and efforts and to attend some of the different interviews and training sessions, you take time off work for, for those things, but there wasn't direct costs and that you have to pay an upfront amount in order to, to do this. That's right. And I guess there's also the expectation too that um, in the first 12 months that one of the parents um, would actually remain at home with the child. So I guess that's also, uh, um, I guess, a, a cost to an extent in terms of financially um, that you you make, but nothing um, compared to to what you guys have in America. I don't believe. No, that's nothing. Are there different avenues of adoption then? So, for example, like if a kid is in foster care for three years versus an infant who immediately 
goes to the adoptive family. Do you have foster care versus private infant adoption? We do. And we also have, um, I guess, each state in Australia actually have different, I guess, processes and types of placements. So um, obviously um, adoption is the voluntary relinquishment um, of a child, um, which is also probably the the lowest um, rate in in Australia. Um, Then you've also got... Uh, permanent care guardian, guardianship, uh, which is the permanent care of a child, but it's a non-voluntary relinquishment of the child. And then you have foster care. Um, and sometimes like the foster care might be short-term for a weekend, respite-type care, um, emergency care. Then you've also got long-term foster care as well. Um, also, also um, in terms of foster care, that can the child can then also... I guess, transfer over to guardianship or, um, or, or permanent care wow. as well. So even in the private infant, it's still no cost. Like it's basically any avenue that you would explore, there's no cost. That's right. Yes. Which I know I feel guilty saying. <laughs> April's looking at me well, like, I'm hey, just... you want to move to Australia? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think the trade-off though is around the time it takes and potentially a, a lack of certainty. So with our yeah. process, Part of the interview process was trying to establish what type of child we thought would be the best fit for our family. So we had questions around what age of child, what gender, are there specific personality traits that we would find desirable or that we might really struggle with. Um, So depending upon the answers you provide to those questions, it might be quite easy to be placed with a child at some point or it might be quite challenging and you may never get placed. Yeah. So there, there, there's different pros and cons with the approach. And that uncertainty is really hard to live with because you, you just don't know. You know, And particularly like even um, for our daughter, like we were really hopeful of a sibling um, and, and there's that uncertainty that you just, it might not ever happen. So, Could you say, I only want a baby? I want a newborn. Well, you can. However, um, it's you, you, you're narrowing your options, I guess. Yeah, the, 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 the more specific you are with the type of child you indicate you would like to take on the care of, the, the harder it is for that to actually happen. I think here you can say, okay, I'm going to pay $40,000 so that I'm not just in some random draw of children. I want an infant. Although you're still in a big pool of families that are saying, I'm also willing to pay $40,000. I also want an infant, right? But you feel like your money is taking you exactly where you want to go. And does it feel Mm. like in, in Australia, it's more, it's just broad. You're not exactly sure what's going to happen or what kind of call you're going to get. No, and truth be told, like we were actually really hopeful of um, a sibling group. Um, so I guess it was a social worker that encouraged us to also apply for infant adoption. Um, and yeah, I guess it, it worked out perfectly how it was supposed to. But um, I guess I envisaged probably that, uh, you know, some a sibling group of about a two and a four year old would probably be how our family would be formed. That's, I guess, how I envisaged it originally when we started the process. It's interesting how different countries do it so differently, isn't it? So, yeah. You said you want a sibling group, two to four. Tell us how your whole story unfolded. So we 
made the decision to walk away from IVF and to go down the adoption road. We uh, went through this uh, training process and this interview process. Uh, then it was a matter of waiting. So we said, okay, this is the type of, you know, th- this is a sibling group we- we'd be happy to take on or children with similar traits or similar situations. Then it took, uh, how long did it take, Case? Only took a couple of months, which is really um you know, short. We once again holiday. So we planned a holiday, um, and all booked and, and everything. And um, and that's when we got the call. I so, always say that plan a trip, <laughs> you'll get the call. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when we get to a daughter, we did we plan to do that holiday that we'd missed out. <laughs> we booked the same holiday twice, both times we had to cancel it. <laughs> that's funny. Still haven't got there yet. You still haven't gotten there. Port Douglas, a lovely part of Australia. So if you're ever down in this part, uh, it's well worth going to. And we hope to get there one day. (laughs) Everybody waiting on list is now booking that trip so that they can get the call. (laughs) That's right. So then we got the call to say that we'd been um, matched and there were two other couples um, with with a three-month-old little boy. And I guess um, that started the longest month of my life I think because it was just as you said before in your podcast that um you don't know what the birth mother is looking for like um it's it could be that her father was a butcher and your father was a butcher you just don't know what um and I felt the other couples you know I felt that they would really be deserving of of this beautiful little boy too so it was a long month but then finally got the call um and I was is your father a butcher no he's not (laughs) But, but, you know, that, that's the type of thing that um, it, it just might be enough right. to, to feel right. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so I've got a phone call at work and um, productivity went down rather quickly that day um, because after this phone call, I just, yeah. I, you should have just left work. I should have just left work. But anyway, I um, yeah, called Ash and um, I was just yeah, so excited. And and then we had the, we started the transition and, and um, it was a real rush to, to you know because of course we hadn't brought any um anything because we didn't know what child was going to be coming to us and and I guess I was also a little bit not superstitious but um I felt that if yeah I, I brought, you were superstitious, I was superstitious. we both were to a degree you don't <laughs> want right. to assume that things are going to work out and you feel that you're going to sabotage it if you do get some of the the equipment and clothes That's and right. all those things that you'll need if things do work out but um, it was good that I actually didn't have a lot of time to plan this because I would have overthought it. But um, instead, it was like, just give me what you've got on the floor, and um, and we'll yeah. So we raced around, and got everything, and then we um, had to I guess wrap up work so that we <laughs> we could meet this little boy. So we started the um, so I guess we had then gone to um, the foster care agency um, to meet his foster carer before we met um, him, and. Um, and we actually got a phone call that day to say that there'd been an accident and my heart just sank. Um, and if you know him now, you'd know completely understandable that he's so energetic that he, he fell off the couch and things, but um, he was fine. But I guess I just was another, it was another, almost because me, I, I kept on feeling like we're that close, but that close to being parents. And then it just another thing that would take, um, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen sort of thing. So yeah, I, I found that hard. But anyway, we we met um, his beautiful foster carer and who we still have a lot to do with today. Um, 
beautiful person. Um, and then we had the, when we actually went to meet him for the first time and we were yeah, 45 minutes early, but I was like, I can't wait any longer. This is just, we've been waiting a long time for this little person. And um, yeah, it was just oh, the best, absolute best. He was three months? So he was four months at this stage. Okay. It took a month for the, um, I guess, uh, for us to actually be matched. I, I, I felt by the end of that month that we'd missed out because I felt that, you know, I didn't think, well. But that, that was your coping it. strategy, convincing yourself that it wasn't yeah. going to work out. Yeah. So that way you wouldn't be disappointed if that was true. That's right. And then I felt so much for these other couples that we, we wrote them a letter and I just, yeah, anyway, it's, um, yeah. You wrote the other couples a letter? Yeah, because I, I felt for them because I felt, you know, like they would just be heartbroken that, um, yeah. It, it, it was an interesting position knowing that you were one of three couples that had been, basically the list had been narrowed down to three couples. I'm surprised they told you that. Yeah. I think they actually do that pretty uh, quite often actually because they did it with our daughter as well. Um, so I think, I think they always do have, because I guess the other thing is too when, you're shown or given some information about the child, um, you might not accept that as well too. Maybe that's the oh right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I just want to know what you wrote in that letter. Oh, just that you know, I was hopeful that we would meet one day, and that also that they had more, more, more that their I guess they grew their family how they would like to have grown the family, and that they have I guess just basically wishing them success in the future. Um, and I have actually met them later on um, and because I guess I'm involved in a lot of different um, groups and things. And um, they had both actually had one child placed with them each and they um, wanted to um, grow their family. And, and both of them have fortunately um, got two children now. So I do love that because that happened, a similar thing happened. And you know this because you've listened to the podcast to Noah and I that we were called about a sibling and we were kind of on the fence about it. We didn't really know if we wanted to pursue this again. And in the midst of that, she got matched to somebody else, but didn't tell us. And it kind of all unraveled and the other attorney called us and we said, that's untrue, totally not possible. And then he sent us a picture of her with this other couple at the doctor's office. It was the worst feeling because... Yeah. Do you just walk away? Do you pursue the adoption? This poor couple, you know, I, I mean, so many things were going on in our emotions on how to handle this. And and we were doing the show too. So it was like, we love families. And now we're basically taking a baby from the family because we we actually got, because it was biological, we were going to be the family of placement. Florida saw us as a biological um, family because we had the yeah. sister. So it was just a really hard moment. But you know what? It all worked out because two weeks later, they got a baby. In fact, before our baby was born, they got a baby. So yeah. I always believe in that situation that their okay. baby is coming too. Mm, it is. It is. And it's really hard when you're when you're waiting and to, when people say that it's like, your baby is coming too. And it's really hard to believe that. But it is, like, as I said to you there before, I, I truly, truly believe that our two children, they, why we're on this earth, it was yeah, meant to be exactly ours. So. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, so what's his name? 
Patrick. He's absolutely gorgeous. He, he really oh. it, it just surprised you that he's good for a chat. Like he's really is a, <laughs> exactly us. Uh, I know. It's, we talked about having AJ and Patrick do a little right. episode, think, and we should do that. We should. Because if yeah, he's yeah, anything yeah. like AJ, it will be oh. great. Very entertaining, yes. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. I think it would be, yeah. It could, yeah. Um, he wants to do his own podcast too. Yes, yes. Okay, well, he's an AJ, yep, just like that. AJ's like, where's my YouTube channel? Everybody yeah. would watch me, mom. AJ's world. He, he like does uh, logos, everything. I'm sure Patrick oh, wow. would be oh, just like that. Well, how yeah, old is he now? So he's seven, just about to turn eight, and he's just the most, oh, he's just the cheekiest, gorgeous boy. Like he brings us so much joy and mm. Um, you know, from word go, he's just been oh, amazing. And did you meet birth mom or know his backstory? We did. So we've met birth mom. Um, we met her about six months after he had been placed with us. Um, and I, I, I personally found that challenging in the sense that I wanted to, you know, give a big hug and, 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 and have, you know, a, a great relationship sort of from word go. But I guess like any relationship, it needs to grow organically and, um, and yeah, I guess it's has its challenges and we have to keep some boundaries and things, but, um, yeah, I, I think on a whole, um, well, I mean, Patrick, I know Patrick's uh, better for, for having known her. So yeah. Mm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that just made me really smile was one day we were coming home. Um, he'd probably be about three at this same and three, um, from a visit, um, with his birth mother. And he says, you know, mum, I've, I've got the same um, hair color as as um, my tummy mummy, and I said, "Yes, you do." And he said, "He said I've got your heart." I'm like, "Oh, oh, that is so sweet." He's a sweetie. I love that. All right, well now I'm like going to grab a Kleenex. That is so sweet. How long after you brought him home did you decide to adopt again? Well, if I had my way, probably the next month. But it, no, 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 all true. So we have to wait two years between placements so I guess once Patrick had been placed with us um, we had 12 months where we had a social worker come and visit regularly so she would come originally it started every was every week and then um, after that it was every month and then at 12 months you we go to court and finalize on the adoption so we did that in the first that was the first 12 months and then another 12 months after that you can then apply um, for, for a second adoption. There, there are still rules around that, though. A, a, an important one, for instance, is that any future child has to be younger than the child already in your family because they don't want someone to have part of their identity. Okay, I'm, I'm the first child in the family for that to then be altered. They're... Yeah, there's lots of rules around that. I know we've, um, on the podcast about the um, do you disrupt birth order and things, and I find it really fascinating. Um but yeah, that, that's something that they're very strong on, um, that you can't disrupt birth order. It feels very organized there. I guess it probably does. <laughs> <laughs> it's very I mean, in a good way. Yeah, a, structured. Like structure. here is when you're going to yeah. go to court and you go to court and this is what we believe is best for the child and this is the kind of placement. I mean, to me, I just feel like that sounds... I'm telling you, you're looking at me still like we're going to I know, to let's move there. Can we be your neighbors? <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, but I guess... I, I probably found, um, you know, obviously the rules are there for, for a reason, but, you know, at the, the time we were also going through, um, I, I guess we were on the surrogacy side of things as well too. So it was a lot of 
um, stopping starting because you had to have also completed all fertility treatment 12 months prior to starting the process as well. So you couldn't do both at the same time. Um, whereas- I love that because people are going to say, no, April, because I didn't do that and it worked out. And I do believe it does work out. But giving okay. yourself a chance to grieve is really important. Getting the counseling you need, taking the time that you need before you jump into another situation, a chaotic situation it could be. And just giving yourself time. I know a lot of women would say, oh my gosh, 12 months, I just couldn't do it because I'm so desperate to be a mother. That's a really long time after, you know, fertility treatments. But that's that's just interesting how, how it's done there. Mm, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think in the moment though, you're like, oh, you know, um, you just want, as you said, you just want to be a mom and you just yeah, want to get it get things moving as quick as possible because yeah. it, it sort of seems such a long time and, you know, you're on this journey for such a long time and is it ever going to happen? So Okay, so tell us about your baby girl. Well, well we, we did go on a little side side tour to surrogacy at that point in time. I'm not sure if you want us to yes. quickly talk oh, about that. Oh, that's where the surrogacy happened? Wow. Yeah, so, so in between. So the, the background is that once... Patrick joined us and we were going through this waiting period. We still had some donated embryos from our IVF journey and close family friends approached us about basically being willing to be surrogates for us. So we uh, thought about this long and hard and we're conscious of, I guess, the costs attached to that, but not only financially, but practically and emotionally. And we didn't want any adverse effects on our relationship with our friends. And we thought around, how's that going to impact upon Patrick? In the end, because there is a lot of uncertainty and we weren't convinced that we would necessarily end up with a sibling for him going down the adoption road, we cautiously went into the surrogacy. Um, And I guess just saying, the other thing we really liked about it was that what made it challenging was that we would be the first Australian couple to have a child through surrogacy that was non-biologically related. So we actually, you know, found that that was something that we were really, it was really important to us um, having had Patrick, that also um, this child would also um, be non-biologically related. Yeah, they'd be on equal footing because neither child would be biologically related. Uh, uh, So we did pursue that for, and Again, that was another lengthy process to get to the point of starting. Uh, once we started, I think we did three We did three cycles. cycles. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have success. And at that point in time, we decided the universe is telling us this isn't the way to go. Mm-hmm. And we went back and... Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. That we also had some, two other incredible families that actually had said to us, look, um, if... If this one doesn't work, then we will also um, help. Um, so we had a family that was going to be an egg donor and another family who were going to be sperm donor. Um, we actually got all the, I guess, logistics together, but um, in the end we, we said no. Um, was sort of enough was enough for everyone. But I truly, truly believe that those three families really willed for our daughter to come. Mm. They were really, you know, I... I I still think that they were the reason that she's um, coming to our world. Yeah. Is surrogacy also free? No. <laughs> <laughs> far, far from it. 
<laughs> yes, um, we were just yeah, bleeding money for a long time. So, um, we were once again planning to go on holiday. We'd probably decided that no, um, you know, Patrick was going to be an only child. And then um, we, we got a phone call to say that once again that we were the end of three couples. Uh, and then we got picked. And she's just the most gorgeous. <laughs> She organises all of us now. She does. She rocks our world, and um, yeah, I I don't, I don't know how we functioned without her. Seriously, she's just incredible. Uh How old was she when you got the call? So she was fifteen months. So she was a little bit older, um, but um, and sadly, she probably didn't have the same great start um as our son did um she's come an awful long way and um yeah we're very proud of her we are and what's her name mia and that's actually the thing her name mia um means wish for child and her middle name which um we we gave to her means um complete so she completed our family i love when you name a child something with meaning because then you can explain their name, why you named them that. And every time you call it out, that's what you're saying. Our kids love that. I made up a song for every one of our kids. <laughs> it has a little different tune and we sing it and then talk about the meaning of their name or how they got their name, how we chose their name, if it was through the, with the birth mom or not. But it's just a special thing. How old is she now? She's five, yes. Oh, that's perfect her. ages. <laughs> I just have a quick question. When you get the phone call and then you take home the child. Is there a waiting period or is there a certain amount of time where you're kind of waiting to hear back from the birth family if they're going to actually relinquish or is that done immediately? It's pretty much already done before you get that phone call. Yeah. Um, and it's finalized 12 months later um, in court. But um, yeah, it, it, it's more, I guess, formalized, isn't it, at that point? So you Correct. don't have as many failed adoptions or even any failed adoptions? Well, we, 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 there are failed adoptions, but that does lessen, yeah. So there can be sort of relationship. Oh, no, sorry, I guess not failed adoption, but more um, breakdowns. I have one last question. Are you in contact with Mia's birth family? Yes, we are, yes. So we, so both the children um, have a relationship um, and, yeah, we, we, we see them sort of four times a year. Yep. Thank you guys for sharing your story. We should do another one. <laughs> we should, because okay, okay, I feel like there's so there's much more to talk so about. There's so much to talk about. Okay, okay, I did a very good job with that one. <laughs> you did a great job. And you know what? We have actually a listenership in Australia. So for oh, all did? the Australians listening, we're just so happy about Australia being a part of adoption now. You guys are representing your country, and we're amazed to learn about other countries. Really, it's fascinating to know how the country works, how adoption works, and the differences. It is fascinating, isn't it, really? It is. Thank you so much, Ashley and Casey. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, everybody. It was great talking. And thank you for listening. If you have an adoption story you would like to share, please email us at afallon at adoptionnowpodcast.com. If you'd like to donate to Adoption Now, we are a nonprofit and you can donate through Facebook by clicking the donate button. You can also subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media. Thanks for joining us on your adoption show. See you next episode.